Welcome in everybody, welcome into another episode of the Dynasty Underground. I am your host, Derek Womack. You can follow me on Twitter at Dino Underground. That's at D-Y-N-O Underground. And yes, we're back. I've had a lot of people ask me, hey, you know, it's getting it's getting kind of late. You know, you you coming back for season three or you coming back for season three? And I've had, you know, I've had some stuff in my life change. I had to take a break for a little bit, always intended on coming back. And here's the fact of the matter is, yes, I'm back. And it didn't matter if I wanted to come back or not. I have to come back. I'm obligated to come back as long as just unnecessary mistakes are being made. I have an obligation to put out a show (laughs) and you know, it's one thing to draft, you know, to draft a player and it just not work out whether the player gets injured or just doesn't perform well that year. I mean, that happens, but to just blatantly handcuff yourself to start the season is a lot of times so easily avoidable and people do it all the time. So yes, I was always coming back for a season three because I'm not trying to toot my own horn. The community needs me. The dynasty community needs me. The fantasy community needs me at least for now. They need to know some of this information. What information in particular you might be asking Look, we 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 make this mistake every single year. But I mean, I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm going to jump right into it because, like I said, we make this mistake every single year. And any regular listeners of mine are probably saying saying to themselves, "Oh, you know, he's about to say, well, other people are making mistakes. We aren't making mistakes because my listeners would never make mistakes like this." No. I have to say we, (laughs) I have to say that we are making mistakes and by we, I kind of, I kind of mean you because I'm not making this mistake. I'm not, at least not this particular one. And that is in rookie drafts, drafting day three running backs over round one wide receivers. Why are we still doing it? Man, we do it all the time <clears throat> and I mean every year we go through this process every single year and we get the same results every single year and it's time that we as in my listeners you got to stop and you know there's been multiple of you and like if you're listening and this is one of you I'm not singling you out there was there were several of you, both men and women alike, DMing me, getting in my mentions, you know, tweeting at me, you know, a year ago, saying, hey, you know, I'm on the clock in the first round of my rookie draft. Um, I've got Michael Carter on the board. I've got Rashad Bateman. I've got Jalen Waddle. You know, what are you thinking? And my answer was always, I mean, one of the wide receivers. Honestly, I... It's, it's, you know, Rashad Bateman's my wide receiver two. Jalen Waddle's my wide receiver three. It's, yeah, it's one of the wide receivers. Don't take Michael Carter. Why would you take Michael Carter? Oh, well, I need a running back. Okay, yeah, I mean, not that one. 
not not the undersized day three running back. No, you don't. You don't. That's not. That's not your guy. And I mean, you best believe I had a lot of people because I mean, I was famously in quotes anti Michael Carter last year, and I mean, he looked good when he whenever he got the playing time, when he got the opportunity, he did look good and he performed well. There's no denying it. And I had people in, you know, coming at me in my mentions and my DMs. Oh, hey, you know, it's a good thing I drafted Michael Carter and not Rashad Bateman, like you said. And I was like, okay, I mean, yeah, that looks great now, but like, I mean, just give it a minute. You know, the NFL draft hasn't happened. The Jets have a bunch of picks in the top two rounds, specifically early round, early second round picks, which. The top running backs in the draft now kind of go in the late first, early second round. You know, we've seen that a lot the past few years. That's kind of where they go. And sure enough, what happens? The Jets draft Brees Hall. The Ravens trade away Hollywood Brown. So now Rashad Bateman is going, you know, in the fifth or sixth round of startups. And Michael Carter is a double-digit guy. And... You know, for everybody that was DMing me, you know, saying that Michael Carter looked good, I never said that Michael Carter couldn't be good or that he wasn't good or that he wouldn't be good. In fact, I'm pretty sure I've said several times that he might be. All I said was that it wouldn't matter. It's plain and simple. He's an undersized back, which... You know, maybe shouldn't matter. I know that a lot of us, if we were, if we were offensive coordinators or we were head coaches, a lot of us wouldn't have any problem giving 205 pound running backs a larger workload than what NFL coaches do. But the fact of the matter is, we just I mean, we just don't see it happen very often, and we also don't see day three running backs be relevant starters year after year. And when you get those two things combined, it just it just makes for exactly what Michael Carter was. He looked good. He's a more than capable NFL running back, good enough to be a starter in the league, but he's 205 pounds. And for some reason, that seems to matter more to coaches than actual play on the field. They thought investing in a heavier running back in the early second round was what their organization needed. And it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't have to make sense, because the NFL is not going to stop anytime soon. And so, you know, I had the people, you know, come back into my DMs, into my mentions, like, hey, you were right. Um, you know, now I'm stuck with Michael Carter. I got Michael Carter and Brees Hall, though, so at least I got Brees Hall handcuffed, yada, yada, yada. But hey, I'm you know I'm up at the top of the second round, the 201, and I'm thinking about taking Damian Pierce. And you know, I mean I have essentially the same answer as I did a year ago. Like, okay, who's all who are the wide receivers on the board? Who are the other running backs on the board? You know, who's who's left on the board? Oh, you know, it's Rashad White, it's Christian Watson, George Pickens, it's Jahan Dodson. And I give the same answer I did a year ago. Okay. Um, 
I mean, if you got to make the pick there, it's one of the wide receivers. Yeah, but you know, D Damian Pierce could really get the opportunity. Okay, yeah, he could, but he's, it's probably not going to matter. I realize he's not undersized like Michael Carter is, but he's a day three back, just like Michael Carter was. He's on a team that's likely going to be picking early second round next year in the draft, just like Michael Carter was. And there's a round one wide receiver on the board, dude. That's the selection. Either trade down or draft the round one wide receiver. Or, I mean, I mean, trading down is probably the play anyways, because I've picked a lot, I've had a lot of picks of, you know, in that range, from the 111 to 202 range this year. And I've just wanted exposure to, I've gotten a little bit of Watson, a little bit of Pickens, and a little Jahan Dotson. I've gotten Jahan Dotson as, as late as the 206 in a draft. And trust me, I'm not claiming that Jahan Dotson is a bust-proof wide receiver candidate, wide receiver prospect. He's not. He's he probably shouldn't have been drafted in the first round. He definitely probably he definitely shouldn't have been drafted as early as he was. But I mean, we say that every year. Honestly, we we said it about Kadarius Tony last year, and when he, when he got on the field and was healthy. He had a couple of really big games, and he looked really good. We said it about Brandon Ayuk the year before that. You know, oh, he shouldn't have been a first-round pick. Well, guess what? He was, and he had a great rookie season. So just because we don't think Jahan Dotson should have been drafted as early as he was doesn't mean that he wasn't, and we have to account for the fact that, you know, I bring it up all the time. Since the year 2000, 50% of round one wide receivers have gone on to have at least one 1,000-yard season. And, I mean, the the hit rate for round four running backs, for day three running backs, is like single-digit percentile. So you get you, you either take Jahan Dotson and take your 50-50 shot, or you take your day three running back, which is a 1 in 10 shot. And, and you know what? Maybe, maybe you... You want to take Damian Pierce. Maybe you, just, you need the running back bad. Okay, here's the play. You don't draft Damian Pierce at the 201, at the 112, at the 202. No. You trade down to the middle of the second round, pick up a second rounder for next year, and you draft Tyrion Davis-Price. And don't tell me that it can't be done because I've done it. I've done that exact trade. I traded from the 201 to the 206, picked up a 2023 20, second, drafted Tyrion Davis Price at the 206. Why Tyrion Davis Price? Well, let's compare Tyrion Davis Price and Damian Pierce. They're, you know, similar body types, both kind of lacking in the reception department in college. But one of these players was a day two pick. One of these players is on a Offense that projects to be top half of the league. Whereas the other was a day three pick and on a bottom tier offense. Tyrion Davis Price is probably the better player in general. Tyrion Davis Price is in a better offense. He should be, be he should be being drafted ahead of Damian Pierce. And I know what you're saying. Oh, well, what about Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell looked pretty good last year. Yeah, he did. And I was also 
you know, quote unquote, famously out on Elijah Mitchell a year ago as well. Because he's a small, he's an undersized day three running back. Undersized running back with basically no draft capital. They spend a third rounder this year on a big body grinder. That dude's going to get used. He's probably going to get used around the goal line. We've seen first round running backs who are undersized not get goal line touches in recent memory. I'm talking about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> you know, these teams tend to give the bigger guys the goal line touches. Look at James Conner and Chase Edmonds last year. James Conner was scoring all the touchdowns. Chase Edmonds, honestly, I think is probably the better running back. But it just doesn't matter to these NFL coaches. They want the bigger guy to have the ball around the goal line. And honestly, this was the move. So if you're one of those people that were asking me last year if they should draft Michael Carter in the second round, I specifically stated on my rookie ranking show that I would take Rashad Bateman because I love the player, but honestly, the the move is probably to trade down to the you know from the middle of first round to the end of the first round. In which case, I mean, Rashad Bateman was kind of going that way, going in that range anyways after he got drafted by Baltimore. So let's do a little thought exercise. Let's rewind the clock back to 2021 rookie drafts. You, you're sitting there at the 106, 107. You can either draft Michael Carter or you can trade down to the 112, the 201. Pick up a 2022 second rounder in return. Draft Rashad Bateman at the 112, 201. Then come around in 2022 and trade, trade that second round pick for Tyrion Davis Price and you know tr- trade the pick that would be Damian Pierce for Tyrion Davis Price plus a 2023 second. So now instead of spending a middle first round pick on Michael Carter, well now you've got Rashad Bateman, you've got Tyrion Davis Price, and you've got an extra 2023 second rounder. And I know a lot of you are probably screaming at your phone saying, oh well it's easy to say that now. You know what? It is easy to say that now because I've been saying it for so long. It was it was easy to say that a year ago. The fact that, they, that Damian Pierce is going a full half half plus round ahead of Tyrion Davis Price gives us an excellent opportunity. And that is we can trade down and end up with not only the most productive player of the two, but also the free second round pick, also the extra asset. And just trust me, you don't even have to trust me. I mean, I've rattled this research off on here countless times. Just play the percentages. Tyrion Davis Price has a higher percentage chance of hitting than Damian Pierce does. Tyrion Davis Price is going later than Damian Pierce. So you can trade that early second for a mid-second plus bank the second rounder for next year and just do that time and time again. And in the long run, your dynasty team is going to be 
well in the green. It's going to be well in the green instead of taking these long shots on day three backs. Take them on day two backs and bank second rounders. I want to move on now to... I want to talk about... A lot of this is... I know this is a dynasty show, but this is just some kind of fantasy mistakes in general. And this one is pretty it's pretty pertinent because it's actually looking like Chris Godwin might actually be ready for week 1. I mean, he's cleared for training camp. He might actually be ready for week 1. Why am I talking about Chris Godwin? Well, because I've done a ton a ton of best ball drafts this year. Already, and I'm going to do more. And when I first started doing these drafts, Russell Gage was going, you know, double-digit rounds somewhere around there. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I remember it was he was draft being drafted as a bench player with some upside as a as a player that can sneak in there in your best ball lineups. And it was a great pick. It was a stellar pick because Chris Godwin got hurt so late in the season that. I honestly thought he was going to miss a bunch of time this year. Well, apparently a lot of people thought that, and they kept drafting Russell Gage earlier and earlier, and he starts climbing and climbing and climbing until he's literally being drafted as a starter. People are drafting Russell Gage as a starter in their lineups, and now Chris Godwin's coming back. And I know a lot of people were drafting Russell Gage because they were coming back in the next round with DeAndre Hopkins, or they were drafting DeAndre Hopkins and coming back in the next round with Russell Gage. And their thinking was, oh, you know, Russell Gage is my stopgap to DeAndre Hopkins. Well, now what are you going to do? Because not only is Chris Godwin cleared for training camp, might be ready for week one, DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be out the first six weeks. Don't get me wrong, I've drafted quite a bit of DeAndre Hopkins this year, but I've also been snatching up some of the other Arizona pass catchers late in the drafts, Rondell Moore and A.J. Green, because they're going so late. I'm not spending a single-digit round pick on Russell Gage. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because sometimes we as a community, we kind of just get too caught up in things. Look, Russell Gage has been in the league for a while, and he's shown some flashes, yes, and he's been a decent best ball player. But anybody who's had Russell Gage in a, you know, a a set-your-lineup league, that's not a fun player to have on your squad because you don't ever know when it's going to happen. And the bottom line is he as a player is not worth a single-digit round pick. He's not worth being drafted as a starter because he's just not that good. You're drafting him ahead of players that are definitively better than him. And even so, even if, let's say Chris Godwin, let's say it comes out tomorrow that Chris Godwin's going to miss the first half of the season. You still don't want to draft Russell Gage as a starter now. And this has nothing to do with the Julio Jones news. This this is about, you know, if you're doing one of these large field best ball tournaments and you're drafting Russell Gage as a starter, you're putting yourself at an immediate disadvantage to 
all of the, the thousands of people that were drafting Russell Gage in the 10th round, you know, as a, as a bench stash earlier in the offseason, you're willingly, by you drafting Russell Gage as a starter, you're willingly handing thousands of people an advantage over you. Because where you're drafting Russell Gage in the 5th, in some random bench stash wide receiver in the 10th, they were drafting, you know, a starting running back, a starting wide receiver in the fifth round, and then drafting Russell Gage in the 10th round. So that brings me to another point is just these players that are spiking in ADP in best ball in general. Once you see that spike happen, I mean, if you weren't in on it from the beginning, just pivot. Don't don't try to play catch up, man, because like I said, all you're doing is giving these other players an advantage. A prime prime example of this is earlier in the offseason, I was all over Travis Etienne. I was drafting Travis Etienne, you know, as my RB3, sometimes RB4 in every stinking best ball draft. And then I noticed I noticed I started to feel a little uncomfortable with where I was going to have to draft him. I noticed he was climbing up the ADP. So the move isn't to just be so fixated on a player that you got to get him no matter what. The move is I recognize that he's being drafted in the third round now, but I was getting him in the sixth round earlier in the offseason. So all of those teams... I have an advantage over so many people now that are, I have an advantage over everybody that's drafting Travis Etienne in the third round. I don't need to keep drafting Travis Etienne anymore. I've got my Travis Etienne exposure and I've got him at value. Another prime example of someone that's been climbing in the ADP and not only climbing, but there's another, this is another arbitrage play is Rashad Penny. I mean, Rashad, Rashad Penny is another player that's shown some flashes whenever he's been healthy. He hasn't been healthy that much, but whenever he has been healthy and on the field, he's shown to be a pretty good football player. And, dude, he's just been climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing in these drafts. And I know this is a dynasty show, and I'm talking about best ball drafts right now, but, like, season-long best ball. I get it. But just try to... This isn't necessarily a a lesson in best ball. It's just a lesson to try to be more cognitive when we're drafting in general, when we're making moves in general. Because Rashad Penny is moved up into the seventh round of best ball drafts. He is also being drafted as a starter. Kenneth Walker, I drafted in the 11th round today. Pass on Rashad Penny in the seventh, drafted Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker in the 11th. Is Rashad Penny better than Kenneth Walker? I don't know, maybe. But, I mean, the Seahawks just drafted Kenneth Walker in the second round. He was regarded by a lot of, probably most fantasy analysts, as being the best pure runner in this year's draft class. He's going to get a ton of work. It should surprise nobody if Kenneth Walker is getting at least as much work as Rashad Penny is this year. So I don't understand why we're drafting, like taking Rashad Penny in the seventh round, you're drafting him as a starter or you're drafting him ahead of 
a starting wide receiver if he's your RB4 or something. You're drafting him to be a starting player in your life. You're drafting him to contribute. There's no reason for it. What what basis do we have what basis do we have where there should be a four round discrepancy between Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker? There's not one. Rashad Penny has not been able to stay healthy at all in his NFL career. They just spent a second round pick on the second best running back in this year's draft. Like I said, the best pure runner in the class. Kenneth Walker's gonna be out there getting work. This could be a this is probably going to be a 2021 Denver Broncos-esque situation where it's a dead even split, only they're probably not both going to be, you know, bubble RB1s. But there's just so much potential for value here. And speaking of the Denver Broncos, Javante Williams going in the third round. Melvin Gordon's going in like the ninth a lot of times. I've got so much Melvin Gordon and so much Kenneth Walker this year. Because they're going so much later. They're four to six rounds later than their counterparts that they could easily just be splitting time with 50-50. I don't understand the discrepancy here. So, I mean, especially in these best ball leagues, you think Melvin Gordon's just not going to get work? You think the Denver Broncos are just straight up going to be like, you know, you know, Melvin Gordon, I know you've been great for a long time and you, you were good even last year, but... This is Javante's job. You're the backup. Uh, no, it's probably going to be a 50-50 split pretty close to it, just like it was last year, just like it probably will be in Seattle. And this is just the kind of stuff that we need to be paying attention to as a dynasty community, as a fantasy community. You know, if we're playing these tournaments and you see like if there's a player that's just spiked in ADP like this and this is why it's important i think to play a bunch a lot of the best ball drafts i did early in the season were just they were just $1 leagues on in draftkings just to kind of get my my draft my draft muscle flexing just throwing a dollar at a time and just just mass entering these draftkings contests these best ball tournaments these best ball contests just because i wanted to I wanted to see where players are going and wanted to see, you know, it's one thing to rank players and to think, oh yeah, I'd rather have this guy than this guy. And it's another thing to actually be on the clock where you're betting your own money on said player. And, you know, you get to find out where guy like, like I said, I like Melvin Gordon, where he's going. I like Tyrion Davis Bryce, where he's going. I like Kenneth Walker, where he's going. So that tells me, that I can, you know, get a, a good running back or two at the beginning of the draft. I can really try to stock up on some good wide receivers, maybe throw a tight end and a quarterback in there somewhere. And then I my RB3 can be, you know, it's best ball. So my RB3 can be either Melvin Gordon, Kenneth Walker, or Tyrion Davis-Price, which all three players are probably going to get some opportunity. And even if, you know, you don't necessarily like any of those players or like the value on them, that's fine. You don't have to. There's other players. There's other running backs out there. The point is, is you get to see where players are going and formulate kind of how you feel comfortable building your drafts. Maybe you're in the fifth round and you're trying to decide between a wide receiver and a running back. 
and but you now I know in the back of my head that that there are several running backs you know later on that I do like so I think I should just probably take the wide receiver here and lessons like this can be you know this I know that this is a dynasty podcast but just a fantasy in general just developing good processes you know you don't have to have the best player takes to be a good fantasy football player you don't have to hit on all your late round picks to be good at fantasy football you don't have to just be the best at predicting the future to be good at fantasy football all you have to do is develop a good process and that's why I started the show to be honest is I started I noticed that I was becoming a better dynasty player because I started doing this research and I found it useful and helpful and it was I mean it was working it was helping me be it was helping me you know profit on my not necessarily financially I mean yes cuz I'm winning more now but you know just the value of my dynasty teams are higher now than they were before I started doing the show because you know I wasn't focused on pro- the process as much and it's like the whole Damian Pierce Tyrion Davis price thing if we're playing the percentages which is kind of what I do you know if you 10 times you know 10 years in a row if you trade the Damian Pierce prospect for the Tyrion Davis price prospect plus a second round pick the next year your team is going to be so much more valuable than it would have been if you just kept taking the Damian Pierce prospect year after year after year. And same thing with, you know, Jahan Dotson. If you just take Jahan Dotson instead of Damian Pierce, you know, you're more times than not, you're going to come out ahead on that deal. And that's everything, man. That's, that's the, that's the point of this show is, to try to identify where mistakes are being made. Drafting Russell Gage in, you know, the fifth round, the sixth round, even if Chris Godwin was going to miss the first half of the season, it's probably a mistake because he's just, he's never been that good. He's never been good enough to be drafted that early. And, (laughs) I mean, just because he's in a Tom Brady offense, we think he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver. I mean, it could happen. Crazy things happen. But we've seen enough Russell Gage now to know that he's probably not that guy. And we're betting our hard-earned money on him anyways. That's just bad process, man. And it's an easily avoidable mistake. Another great example is Gabriel Davis. I know a lot of people love Gabriel Davis. And I... My God, dude, I do not want to piss off the Bills fans. <laughs> Whole, just Bills fans, just, it's okay that I don't like Gabriel Davis being drafted in the third and fourth round of drafts. He's a talented player. I get it. He had that great game in the playoffs, man. I get it. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm saying he's, at, like, right now, he's not worth being drafted that early, man. Look, this dude. Like I said, I know he had that big playoff game. We had an extra game in 2021. 
We had 17 games in 2021 as opposed to every year before that we've only had 16. Gabriel Davis in an extra game last year scored 10 less fantasy points in full PPR than he did as a rookie. 10 less fantasy points and his ADP has jumped 10 plus rounds from a year ago. Why? All because of one playoff game where Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were having an Old West style shootout and one of the defensive backs for Kansas City happened to fall down and leave Gabriel Davis wide open in the end zone on top of some other big plays. He's now being drafted, like I said, in the third or fourth round. That is that's just bad process. Could he pay off on that? Yes, absolutely he could. He could. Maybe that was a breakout game. Maybe he's arrived. Maybe he's the real deal. But there's no reason to chase that. You chase that year after year, you are going to get burned more times than not. It's like the Michael Carter thing. I was I was so off of Michael Carter. And he turned out to be a good player. That's fine. I never said he couldn't be a good player. But you, we chase that year after year. You know, I take Rashad Bateman a hundred times. There's I take the Rashad Bateman type a hundred times. You take the Michael Carter type a hundred times. I'm gonna come out so far ahead of you it's not even gonna be funny. Same thing with Gabriel Davis. We're gonna let this guy leap ten plus rounds of ADP when he scored less fantasy points in twenty twenty one than he did in twenty twenty. Listen to this guy's season long. 2021 stats. 35 receptions tied for 129th in the league. 545 yards tied for 77th in the league. 35 receptions for 549 yards. Dude went off the board in my most recent best ball draft as wide receiver 19. Okay, a player who was 129th in receptions and 77th in receiving yards went off the board at wide receiver 19. All because of one playoff game where he, yeah, he had 10 catches for 201 yards and four touchdowns. In this playoff game where Gabriel Davis went nuts, he scored 36.8% of his total season output from last year. So from week one through week 18, he scored a third of that and over a third of that in one game. And we're vaulting him up to wide receiver 19 guys. That's just straight up bad process, man. There's no reason for that. Just let somebody else do it. If it works out for him, great. It's probably not going to. You're much better off taking somebody else. Just take the just play the percentages, man. Taking Gabriel Davis as a top 24 wide receiver is a losing game. You do that year after year, you're hand, handicapping your team, you're handcuffing yourself, making it harder on yourself. There are things about fantasy that are difficult. But not everything is difficult. We don't have to make everything difficult. Some things can be easy. You have to hit on your third and fourth round picks if you want your fantasy teams to be good. Spending that capital on Gabriel Davis is not good process, especially when you can get 
Adam Thielen later on. You can get Chris Godwin later on. You can get Allen Robinson later on. You can get some good players that have been good throughout their careers much later in the draft. You don't have to draft a pure projection in the third and fourth round. And so that's the lesson for today. I think this has been a productive comeback show, a productive season three premiere. And I'm going to have to wrap it up right there. This has been the Dynasty Underground. I have been your host, Derek Womack. And as always, thank you for listening.